Hey, Honk, if you can hear me. Yeah. Happy Easter. It's good to be together. This is sort of a soft start. We're going to let some people continue to roll in, and uh, we're just going to sing a song. If, if you want to sing along with us, you can go on our website, thefreshwater.church, and you'll find lyrics on there. Uh, we'd love for you to join us. Um, but we're just going to keep rolling here. We'll let you know when we're really kicking things up. Uh, but you are more than free to worship along with us. Ready?
Respond to me, but it's so good. Hey, so, so here's what we're gonna do, just to celebrate Christ and who He is. Um, uh, this is so weird, isn't it weird? Anyone else? I think we're just it's okay to acknowledge that. Woo! Hey, I like to bring the dog to church. Yes, bring the dog to church. Yes, can't beat that, Julie. Can't beat it. <laughs> hey, well, happy Easter. Uh, Christ is risen, and uh, just want to celebrate the new life that we have in Him. And uh, it, whether we get to do it all together or whether we get to do it parked in cars sort of together, um, it is an amazing day. It's an incredible day. And I just let's celebrate this together. Let's sing this. I was buried beneath my shame. Who could carry that kind of weight? It was my tomb till I met you. Hey. I was breathing but not alive. All my failures I tried. Too high, it was my turn till I met you. Then he called, You call my name. I 
To Freshwater's first Easter Sunday celebrated in the parking lot of the church. Yeah, yeah, thanks. This is, this is, as already has been mentioned, this is really weird, uh, especially being up here, but it's weird, but it's really, really cool. And we've been involved in a, in a pandemic, so this is the first time, too, that all of us have celebrated, right, during a pandemic, not only in the United States, but really around the world. And during this time, it's affected all of us in one way or the other. A lot of different emotions, a lot of different feelings, right? A lot of different experiences. And I don't know what you're feeling right now. I don't know what you are experiencing right now. But I want to challenge you to actually look at this, uh, this, this uh, pandemic as an opportunity. It's an opportunity possibly to experience our Savior and experience the resurrection story like never before. Like, like an opportunity to, to worship our Savior in a deeper, in a more meaningful way. Because in reality, over the last several weeks, many things have been stripped away. Many things. And a lot of the voices and distractions and the noises that, that we've had around us, they've been silenced. So we've all come in here today. We've all come in experiencing that same thing. So with that, I want to challenge you right now in your head. I want you to go back to that first Good Friday. I want you to go back to that time where Jesus was on the cross, that he was beaten and he was crucified for us. I want you to go back to that time when Jesus is taken down off the cross and he's, he's taken to the tomb. And his body is prepared and he's, he's buried in that tomb. Can you go there? Think about that. Go there in your head. And now I want you to think about the disciples and Jesus' followers on that day. Right? Think about what they would have been experiencing. Think about what they would have been thinking. Think about what they would have been feeling, right? The shock, the confusion, 
the loss, their world had been totally turned upside down. Are you there? Can you see it? Is it in your mind? And it's during that time the resurrection enters the story. And we're going to read from, from John chapter 20, starting in verse 1. John chapter 20, starting in verse 1. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen clothes lying there, and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their home. So the disciples had no idea that Jesus had rose from the dead, just that they thought his body was stolen. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned and said, and to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. He has risen. He has risen. He has risen. Now let's worship our risen Savior.
its breath till that stone was moved for good for the lamb had conquered death and the dead rose from their tombs and the angels stood in awe for the souls of all who come to the father are restored and the church of christ was born and the spirit lit the flame you we lift your name high um, for the resurrection and also just for your death Lord uh, that's purchased for us new life uh, and the resurrection that's now purchased for us eternal life beginning now and uh, and then Lord just uh, the fullness of life to know you to walk with you to experience you uh, in every way uh, we just worship you Jesus for these things we praise you in your name amen all right so uh, flash your lights at me if you have a kid in your car. Flash your lights if you got a kid in your car. All right, good. I'm seeing some lights. That's great. All right, so this one is for you guys. And what I need you guys to do is, is I need you to show your parents just how smart you are, not necessarily how crazy you are because you are in your car with them, but something like that. And we're going to play a little game, and this game's going to be called Name That Worship Song. All right, name this worship song. And here's what we're going to do. Uh, Miss Beth Falkenberg picked out these five songs. She said you guys will know them and you guys love them. So hopefully you'll be able to, to put on those thinking caps and be able to identify the songs. What we're going to do is we're going to play the song. All right, we're going to give you guys a little bit of time to, to identify that song. And once you identify the song, what I want you to do just to start with on this first one is I just want you to start flashing your lights at me when you know the song. Then the song's going to continue to play for just a little bit, and you can sing along and worship and have fun in your car, praising our Jesus, all right? Can we do that? So we're going to play the song. Good. Thank you. We're going to play the song, right? You guys are going to identify the song. When you know, have your parent flash the lights at me, okay? And then we're going to let it roll for a little bit after that. 
All right, so DJ Haynes is back here. DJ, play that first song. God's great dance floor. All right. All right, here we go. The next one, same thing. I want you to flash your lights when you know it. All right, go ahead, DJ. Who's got it? I got some of those. Like a lion, right? Like a lion. Very good. Very good. All right, let's roll the other one. This is going to be a little different. This is what we're going to do on this one. I want you to honk the horn just twice. Okay, not continually, but honk the horn twice when you know. Okay, so kids, when you know, tell your parents to honk the horn. Okay, ready? Here's the next one. Go ahead, John. Oh, that was fast. Up here. Yeah. yeah, can you keep a beat to the song? Yeah, we on your horn. Thanks, Scott. That's good. All right, good. Good. That was even more than a beat. That was awesome. All right. Let's go to the next one. The next one. Here we're going to play the next one. Same thing. I want you to beep when you know it. Okay? Beep when you know it. Go ahead, play that song. Ah, there you go. Sweet, my lighthouse. Great job, young ones. Great job, kids. Great job, older kids. All right, so here we go. We're going to go to the next one. Okay, now on this next one, Kids, I want you to see just how coordinated your parents are. I want you to be able, I want them to be able to flash their lights and beep their horn at the same time. Okay, so you're going to have to do both. Flash the lights. It's going to take two hands and beep the horn. All right, you guys all ready for that? Here we go. DJ, play the last song. Some talented folks. Nice. All right. We won't be quiet. That's so true on that song, right? Nice job, everybody. Nice job, kids. That's what my kids tell me when I tell them to be quiet. They say, We won't be quiet. We won't do it. Uh, so I want to pick up where, where Len left. Thanks. That's good. That was a dad joke right there. Uh, so I want to pick up where Len left off in the reading in John 20. Um, obviously, this has been a hectic time, crazy time for a lot of us and for our world. And um, I want you to notice the first thing that Jesus tells his disciples uh, when he shows up to the whole group. And uh, you, if you put yourself in your shoes, just as Len said, uh, a lot of the emotions that they felt would have been fear, uh, worry, uh, concern, confusion, uh, wondering what was going on as 
Jesus was dead and in the tomb. And then when he comes back to life, he has a word for them. And I think it's a word for us this morning and in this season. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. And then Jesus said to them again, he repeated again, Peace be with you. And I can't help but think this next song we're going to sing, I'm going to teach it to you, it's new for our church. I can't help but think that the peace that Christ wants to give, when he, when he laid that on his disciples, that they, when they, when they turned back, they worshipped. And I can't, I can't help but believe they were worshipping a song of fear is now released, and the peace of God, the joy of God, the hope of God is released on them by the Holy Spirit. And so I want to teach you this song. Let me set this down. It goes like this. doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. Pretty simple. Do you think we got it? Here's the amazing thing. The writer of John he was a follower of Jesus, and he described himself as the one who Jesus loves. And so as, as he writes that, I can't help but think that he was thinking in his mind as the one that Jesus loved. He doesn't have to fear. There's peace that covers him. And now as the Holy Spirit dwelt in him beyond that, he was filled with that peace. Let's sing this together. And my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love, my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My feet doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. When darkness tries to roll over my bones, when sorrow comes to steal the joy I own When brokenness and pain is all I know oh, I won't be shaken, I won't be shaken Hey, let's sing it! My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love My Stand a chance when I stand in your love. My feet doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. Let's hear these words right here. And shame no longer has a place to hide. And I am not a captive to the light. I'm not afraid to leave my past behind. Oh, I won't be shaken. 
we just praise you we worship you um, your love is more than enough and more than a firm foundation for us uh, and that you are alive just that truth this morning to celebrate that Lord to be able to talk to you and walk with you and know you and know that you are sovereign over all things that you are on the throne that you are risen and that you are living and that you are powerful for all those things, Jesus, we worship you. For all those things, we lift you high this morning, and we just rest in your love. We rest in that comfort. Allow that to stir our worship for you, to stir our awe of you, Lord. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Can you hear me? All right. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's so crazy. So another first, right? Um, but I do like the lift. I think we can do this on a Sunday morning. What do you think? Like, just go up really high? You like it? Yeah, I'm all over it. This is so nuts. It's good to see you guys out here, everybody in your cars. 
Um, man, all kinds of firsts uh, about today, right? Uh, first one on a lift, first one in a parking lot. Um, what, a, what a crazy turn of events this is. Um, as we just talk here about Easter, we've come to celebrate uh, Christ and those things. And um, one of the questions I've just been wrestling with is, what makes Easter Easter? And uh, last, last week we've been talking, I know uh, other people have been talking about this is going to be different, right? And, and what makes Easter Easter is, is uh, you know, it's kind of up there, like, because we have traditions that we're not doing this this year, right? So what we normally think Easter is, is we, we do a lot of fun things around Easter, and, and sometimes those can get woven into what Easter is, right? But, and they're not bad things, but we get together with family. Uh, we get dressed up. So, uh, did you dress up today? Did, did anybody like get the new hair? No, no hairstyles, right? Because you can't go to the, the stylist. But uh, new clothes? Anybody got new clothes on? Oh, sorry. See, that, this is crazy, right? This is, this is it, right? You get to dress up and you don't do that this time. Um, maybe it's the Easter egg hunt with the family. Maybe it's the big Easter meal with the family. Everyone around the table. And, and all the traditions that we have that we normally associate with Easter, well, they're not part of Easter this year. And uh, I really want to ask you a question, what makes Easter Easter? Every year we talk about that, uh, uh, what Easter is, and celebrate it, but this is one of those years, and we often say the thing, you know, if you could strip it all away, at the end of the day, what, what really is Easter? And we always say if, because we don't have to strip it away, because it's never stripped away. But now it's all stripped away, and the real question is, what makes Easter Easter? I mean, this is the first Easter for me. I always thought Easter was in a building, you know, worshiping with everybody. And this is the first one, you know, where we're not inside. We're actually in a parking lot. Like, what makes Easter Easter? So I want to just answer that question today. As we think about what makes Easter Easter, you almost have to go back to the beginning to remember what made Easter Easter, and, and that's all the way back at the beginning of the story where, where God creates us and he creates us to have relationship with him, and Adam and Eve are there, and it's this, it's this idea and reality and kingdom of God where you could be in the presence of God and know true love and be loved and love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and, and there's nothing in between, like perfect love, and then to also know that you could be in the presence of God and just like the most fulfilling thing would be in his presence just worshiping him because he's that awesome and that great. That's, that's how it all started. And then right in the middle of that, right at the beginning, Adam, Eve, they get tempted, eat this fruit. And the temptation is to be like God, to, to really call the shots and to be equal and, and to do everything that God could do. And, and they bought the lie and Adam ate the fruit. And in that moment, what inserted into human history brought this, this huge gulf between us, a chasm between us. And really it, what happened was that was the first infection, right? That was the soul disease. That's where it started. This, this soul disease where we could be like God and, and it brought sin and it brought death and it brought shame. And it separated us from God, completely separated us from God. And that's been the condition of everyone since. And no matter how long time has gone on, and no, how, no matter how much we try, we can't cure the disease. We can't. 
There's just no way. And God comes along about 3,000 years ago, and he gives the law, 3,500 years ago, something like that. He gives the law, and he shows us the standard, just who he is, and trying to say, folks, this is who I am. Come to me. And it's this righteous standard. And, and it seems like a mean thing because it, the standard is, is impossible. Nobody can keep it. Nobody can, can measure up. And I, you know that. I know that. That's that soul sickness. We can't be perfect. But God is, and it shows us how holy he is, how perfect he is. And, and just when you think it's so mean to show that, then all of a sudden this plan that God has had all along since Adam and Eve uh, were, were cursed and had chosen against him, Christ comes, and, and, it, and you have to understand that Easter is Easter because of what happens at Christmas. Because just when you think it's this mean plan, all of a sudden God comes and he, he comes in the, in the form of a man like us, Jesus, the Son of God. And we realize, oh my goodness, he loves us? Like, he loves us that much that he leaves everything to come here? Because the plan was one thing, and it was to come to save us and to rescue us. And Jesus lives this life, this perfect life. He does what nobody else could do. He lives the perfect life. He completely fulfills the law, does everything righteously, lives a pure life, holy life. And then what makes Easter Easter is remembering where Pastor Lynn just had talked about, right? Where Good Friday, where, where we just left off remembering what Christ had done for us. So Jesus, this innocent, pure, righteous person is falsely accused, condemned, sentenced to judgment, crucified, and buried, all falsely because he's innocent. And in that moment on the cross, Christ, Christ took on our sins. The Father laid the sins of the world on him, the shame, the guilt, the punishment that we all deserved, and the ultimate death sentence. And Christ died on the cross for us. And, and all these things set up this moment to make Easter what Easter is. And Easter is this moment where Christ's blood becomes the antidote. Not even the antidote, it, it is the thing that completely clears us. It's the vaccine that gets rid of the soul sickness. And on the third day, Jesus was raised from the dead. And, and Pastor Lynn just read it, it's in John chapter 20. And it says this, they didn't understand the scriptures that he must rise from the dead. Four different times, Jesus, at least four times, Jesus, or is said of Jesus, that he predicted that he would be crucified and that he would raise again on the third day. Every gospel talks about this moment of this prediction. Jesus, before he even died, said, this has to happen. Why? Because it's his blood and his body broken and his blood poured out for us that is the thing that cures the soul sickness. And so Jesus comes to us on the cross, crucified, buried, and then Easter comes, and it's this morning where God the Father recognizes and acknowledges his sacrifice, but also can raise him from the dead because he was innocent, and he was righteous, and he was pure. And he gives Jesus now this position in heaven to forgive every sin, to cure every soul sickness. And we celebrate Easter, and what makes Easter Easter is the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the guarantee of salvation forever. Salvation and cure from shame and from guilt. 
It's an amazing gift. It's an amazing moment. And, and our world, if you think about this, of any day that I think would make the Easter Easter is this moment when we see this world reduced in just a matter of days to panic, pulled to its knees, out of control, countries shut down, world shut down, and on the brink, and by God's grace, we haven't gone over the edge, but we see how fragile life is, and we see how weak everything is, and we see that really we are not God. We're not even close to God. No matter how powerful all the nations are together and everything, there is nothing that can save this world except God. You can go to the WHO and you can go to the or yeah, WHO and you can go to the CDC. You can go to all these places and look for your for the for the answer, but they don't have it. There's only one thing that cures the soul sickness. It's Christ. And it's because he was raised from the dead and he's seated right now in heaven and he is saying to us today, Come and worship me. I'm the Savior, and we're here. You look at the cars around. We're all gathered here today to worship Christ, the risen Savior. And what makes Easter Easter is his resurrection. And then what makes Easter Easter the the more the meaning of it, or, or I guess it is also the response, I should say. What's our response to it? And some of you here today may not follow Christ, and, and you're, you're not sure what, what you believe, but I, I would challenge you today, what other sign do you need? What else do you need to see to realize that this world is so fragile and so weak and that we cannot save ourselves? Like, what other sign is out there? This is, this is one of those unprecedented moments of life where we can have clarity and we can actually see reality and and recognize wow we need to be saved and we can't do it we need christ and i would encourage you wherever you are if you haven't made that today that decision today's the day you, you don't need any more signs choose christ he can save you he can totally save you <laughs> come on right yeah like this is the day what you don't need any more evidence it's out there this world is in a perilous time christ is the one that can save us and and we just sang this song our fear doesn't stand a chance in christ's love our fear doesn't. It's just over and over. And I think there's something about, I've listened to that song over and over again because there's something of just knowing and centering ourselves on the love of Christ and his salvation for us. And so if you haven't made that decision, I would encourage you right now, you could just tell Christ. Uh, the Bible says in, in Romans chapter 10, it says, look, all you have to do is you believe in your heart that Jesus was raised from the dead you believe in your heart that he was raised from this, and you confess with your mouth that he is Lord. And, and, and that's simply saying, yeah, I believe in the resurrection that Jesus died for me and wants to save me from my sin, to cure my sin. And I also believe he's Lord that I have to give my life to him. That's, that's it. It's simple. It's not complex. And you can do that right there in your car, and you can say, Jesus, I need you. I need your forgiveness. Thank you. 
And for those of us who maybe have made that decision, what makes Easter Easter is also our response because we get together and we say it again. And this way, in this time, uh, it, it's, it's unique, right? So we're going to say it again. We don't need a building. We don't need traditions. They're great. That's great. I want to get back in there. But we don't need the building. In fact, it's kind of funny. We could have just, I guess, our, our first phase, we could just build the parking lot and done a, a car service for, for all this time and not even done the building. We don't need it, right? We just, we've got Jesus. And so today is a day where we can just throughout the day, not even just stop right here, but throughout the day, just say, I love you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And, and we praise him and we worship him all day long. And we just continue to say to him, thank you for the cure. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for the resurrection and the power and, the, and, and, and that he raised, not, him, not only that he was raised from the dead, but that we ourselves, he raised this man from the grave. He raised you from the grave. And he's forgiven us. Amen. Amen. So here's how we're going to end this thing, okay? Uh, we're going to do the He is Risen, and you're going to do on the horn, indeed, all right? Because you can't shout it because you can't hear it. So I say He is Risen, you go indeed on your horn, all right? And then kids, I want you to do this. I challenge you to do this. Since you can't, like, we can't, like, get up or whatever, raise hands, I want you to shake your car. I want you to rock it back and forth, all right? Let's see who can rock it the best. We'll do it three times like we normally do, and then you guys can head out. So here we go. He is risen. He is risen. He is risen. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. You guys have a great day. Keep praising Jesus. I'm going to get down.